Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Integrative medicine and all these uh, modalities are being embraced uh, in a huge way now because there's been research that validates that this actually works. It helps improve patient outcomes. It helps improve patient moods. Uh, it's got a lot of documentable benefits. And so it's now unusual for a hospital that does cancer treatment to not be on board with this kind of thing. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, offering hope, information, and inspiration to those impacted by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 56 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. You know, every now and then we're fortunate when someone comes into our life that is just a beam of light, uh, a beam of enthusiasm, positive energy, and one of those people was Nathan Allen. I first met Nate uh, through Facebook, the way most of us in the colorectal cancer community initially connect, and one of the challenges or frustrations, perhaps I could say, is hosting this podcast. I get to talk to and interview just so many incredible people, but many of them I, I don't get to meet, and some I may never get to meet. So I was just so excited to learn that Nate would be at the uh, symposium, the Metastatic Colorectal Cancer Symposium that took place in Arizona early in November. And as soon as I laid eyes on him, I gave him the biggest hug. And I know I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of hugs being given and received to folks who were so excited to meet Nate. And I think those of us who th were there would agree uh, that Nate wasn't feeling his best. But you'd never know it by his attitude. He was the typical Nate that we know online, smiling, laughing, a, a bundle of positive energy. Sadly, Nate passed away the Monday after Thanksgiving. And I know that that left a real hole in the hearts of so many of us in the colorectal cancer community, including myself. One of the things that I did at the symposium was I invited folks over. We had a little table set up where I was doing my podcasts. And we invited folks over to come over and uh, do a little recording of a holiday Christmas greeting for their friends and family. And Nate was one of the first ones to take advantage of this. And I thought it would be the right thing to do, and I hope you agree, to play Nate's Christmas greeting and let all of us think about and remember this wonderful man, Nate Allen. Nathan Allen here from Lebanon, Oregon. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And I want to just wish everybody the best the best life you can have in 2017. Let's all get together and whip this sucker. In the Jewish faith, when we talk about people who've passed away, we say, may their memory be a blessing to all who loved and knew them. And that certainly applies to our friend Nate. Other folks came over and uh, extended their holiday greetings as well. And we'll be playing those greetings throughout this episode. We'll sprinkle them in here and there. Uh, I think it was uh, it was a lot of fun to have uh, 
friends, people who were in attendance at the symposium, some of our uh, members of the Colon Cancer Alliance team as well. So you'll hear those greetings throughout this episode. If you have an ostomy or are in the middle of chemo treatments, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS comes in. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration and helps replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. And if you'd like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship one out to you, no strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, which stands for Colon Cancer Podcast, that's CCPOD, they will give you 10% off your first order. As we wrap up the year, there are no more events planned uh, for the remainder of the last few weeks, uh, 10 days or so left in 2016. But we're looking ahead to 2017, and the first event taking place is the first Undie Run Walk of the Year, which is going to take place in my hometown of Tampa, Florida. The Undie rolls into Tampa on Saturday, February the 4th. As always, it will be at Al Lopez Park. So come on out the morning of Saturday, February the 4th. Join us for the Undie Run Walk. It's a 5K run or one-mile fun walk. Uh, my team, Lee's Superheroes, we will be out in full force in our Batman regalia, as we always are. It's a great time, obviously, because it's far, it's in February. That's why we're starting off down in the south in, in Florida. Though I will tell you, the last couple of undies here in Tampa, it's been a little chilly, at least Florida chilly, if you consider the 40, 40s, 50s to be chilly. But it's a great event. Uh, money raised here at the Tampa Undie, a portion of those proceeds will go to the Bridge Clinic, sponsored by the University of South Florida, who help people get those much-needed colonoscopies. Do you find frequent trips to the bathroom and all the excess wiping leaving you feeling not quite clean and a bit irritated? I know I did until I came across Fresh Assist. And Fresh Assist is a natural oil and aloe-based spray. And what it does is it turns dry toilet paper into a moistened, cleansing, cooling wipe. And as they say, helps you get clean in between. You can get Fresh Assist by clicking on the Fresh Assist logo on the Colon Cancer Podcast website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. And it will direct you to Amazon where you can get either a single bottle or a two-pack. And if you get a two-pack and use the coupon code 2FRESH, that's T-W-O-F-R-E-S-H, they'll take $2 off of a two-pack order. This product makes a great stocking stuffer. Hi, I'm Anita from Seattle, and I'd like to wish all my friends and family a very merry and healthy Christmas. My name is Christine Simon, and I'm from Chandler, Arizona, and I'd like to wish my new colon cancer family a very merry Christmas and a wonderful new year. Hello, my name is Deborah Goldberg. I'm from the Bay Area, California, and what I'd like to wish 
our country is what I think cancer helped me learn. And that is that we shouldn't give in to fear and that hope trumps fear. And that's not showing my political leanings, but we sh- hope can conquer fear. That's what I wish. My guest this week is a husband and wife team, David Doshinger and Tamara Green. David is an award-winning Grammy composer, and Tamara is a psychotherapist, and David is a survivor of head and neck cancer. And he and his wife, Tamara, have put together an app for your smartphone called Loving Meditations. And what it does is it's targeted towards uh, cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers, and it uses simple meditations to help alleviate things including stress, anxiety, sleeplessness. And I really enjoyed talking to David and Tamara, and I think you'll enjoy our conversation. So join me now for my conversation with David and Tamara. David, Tamara, thank you so much for joining me this evening. How are you both? We're excellent, Lee. How are you tonight? Very good. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, I love when people uh, you know, hear about what you're doing, hear about what I'm doing. And, and I know you appreciate it too. And when we, when great people get the chance to be connected and I'm thrilled that our friend Tina Dietz, uh, introduced the two of you to me and I'm thrilled to have you on the show and learn more about your story. We're thrilled to be here to talk to you. And, uh, we very much appreciate Tina and, uh, her amazing ability to connect people. So <laughs> yeah, thanks to her, we're talking to you tonight. Yeah, she's great at that. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. So, David, you and I share something in common as we are both cancer survivors. So tell me uh, a little bit about uh, your journey with cancer and how it resulted in the Loving Meditations app that you've put together. It's interesting. I'm just realizing that I have a connection to colon cancer uh, prior to my own personal experience, and that was uh, I lost my grandfather to colon cancer in the early 90s and uh, sort of watched. That was my first firsthand uh, experience with cancer and cancer treatment. So uh, it was it was a pretty dramatic experience for me to witness. Um, fast forward to 2013, and after leading an extremely healthy life, very active life. I went to get a haircut one day and the barber noticed a big lump on the side of my neck, which he pointed out and I had never seen before. And it was quite alarming because it was pretty big. So naturally I went to the doctor, uh, began the whole process of scans and biopsies and other diagnostics. And the final result was, uh, diagnosis of stage four head and neck cancer. Um, so that took us into a crazy, crazy stretch of our lives where everything turned upside down, uh, could not work anymore, could not work out normally. And I literally couldn't eat because of the treatments. Um, so it, it really became a challenge and I had always admired people that I consider to be heroes who were faced with extreme adversity, uh, whether they were explorers or people that were uh, back in the 1700s who were sailing across the ocean and some horrible catastrophe came upon them and they were able to somehow survive just by sheer 
human determination and willpower. So they were like my model of who I was going to try to become during this cancer experience. And so instead of completely kind of going into the victim mentality and the victim identity, I decided to look on this as an extreme physical challenge that um, I could use as a test. You know, could I could I come through this um, in one piece? Could I come through this uh, as a better person than when I entered it? So I was looking for a gift, and the gift was that um, I had a beautiful, caring partner who really showed up for me. And finally, the gift was we put our prior experience and skills uh, creating meditations for a general audience into creating them for a specific audience, and that's cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers. So that was the birth of Loving Meditations well after uh, we finished the treatment and kind of got back into our normal, kind of semi-normal life. Now, had meditation been part of your life prior to your diagnosis? Yes. Um, I kind of had periods of time when a meditation was part of my life in a full-time capacity. Uh, in college, I took transcendental meditation and did that for a few years and then kind of did it sporadically. Um, we've had what I would call a mindfulness practice. Uh, Tamara and I have had a mindfulness practice where we, um, it could be something as simple as going out and doing a walk where we're observing stuff around us, nature, the sky, um, and just being grateful for it. Um, literally just putting our attention on what we're grateful for instead of what we're complaining about or what's wrong with, you know, what's, what's wrong with life at that particular moment. So we've had, personally, I've had a bunch of different mindful and meditative practices. Some are more formal and some are less. Um, to me, if, if I go on a run and I'm not in a complete state of mental chatter, um, that's kind of a meditative experience. I hear that a lot from people that uh, run. The expression that comes to mind is the runner's high. Mm -hmm. And Tamara, what about your experience with meditation? Uh, it started for me in the late 80s, early 90s. It actually came out of my yoga practice. I was doing yoga every day, um, actually through videotapes. I would do, I never <laughs> went to a yoga class, but I had plenty of yoga videos and I would do them uh, every day. And I always enjoyed the meditation part of the yoga practice the best. And uh, I'm a psychotherapist. And so in 2010, I, during one of my meditation, you know, I was kind of in a deep state early in the morning and I got this idea to start delivering meditation every Monday on the telephone, kind of like putting it out there and it got recorded. And then David started composing his beautiful music to it. And it actually became quite popular. As David said earlier, it was for a more of a general population. Um, so that was called Miracle Mondays, and it started back in 2010. That's interesting. I had the pleasure of interviewing a fellow colon cancer survivor, Jean DiCarlo Wagner, last year, and she too, she's done yoga instruction over the phone mm -hmm. for 
for people remotely, and it's a gentle yoga that she uh, teaches even for people that are somewhat immobile, that have difficulty moving around. So this is interesting to hear yoga and meditation both being offered um, via telephone. That's fantastic. Yeah, and in fact, uh, we offer it all the time at um, cancer centers, hospitals, even support networks like uh, I don't know Gilda's Club that's a national one that most people know where we do um, I, I call it body tapping and I'm teaching the course that we teach is um, all about the energy lines and how we can really open them up and release stuck energy and then it always goes into a meditation and the thing that's nice about it is that um, it really does release endorphins, just like the runner's high. People do get <laughs> blissed out at the end of the uh, class, and it's it's really fun to do. So we loved offering that. There's been a lot of press, I would say, recently around the term mindfulness. Talk about what mindfulness is. Yeah, we love um, we love these words, right? There, and they're only words. It's kind of difficult to describe what what we're trying to accomplish with our meditation or mindful techniques by putting a word on it, because sometimes it just conjures up the cliche of I'm meditating. So that means I'm sitting on top of a mountain in Nepal with my fingers touching and my, I'm in a full Lotus position with this blissful smile on my face. And in fact, to us, uh, meditation is really just reducing the mental chatter and, and getting centered. And that could be something as simple as breathing um, in, in any situation. Um, for instance, a lot of us who have to go for follow-up visits for scans, we have to sit in a waiting room and kind of wait to have that diagnostic done, or we have to wait for test results. So we just have to wait for the doctor, and those are stressful times. Just focusing on breath for a few minutes or focusing on something outside of our mental chatter for a few minutes is a very uh, calming kind of technique, which could be called meditative. It could be called mindful, although I think sometimes it's mindless because we're trying to <laughs> kind of remove the mind from the <laughs> equation. So um, it's, it's difficult sometimes because there's only a few words that describe what this is, but it really is for us like a way to get people more out of their head and kind of more into life and more into a grounded, centered existence. I think I might try that <laughs> as I'm waiting for my scan on this coming Monday. So Perfect. thank you for the tip. Hi, this is Diana Sloan from Lakeway, Texas, and I would like to wish a very Merry Christmas to all my friends and family and whoever celebrates anything different. Happy holidays. Hello, this is Kimberly Elliott, and I am from the beautiful Tucson, Arizona, where the sun's always shining and we have some of the best sunsets in the world. I want to wish my family, friends, and all my cheerleaders a very happy holiday. I love you all. Thanks. What are some of the common misconceptions out there uh, as it relates to meditation? You, you touched on one of them sitting on top of a mountain, but uh, what are some of the others? <laughs> the one, uh, that you 
have to be sitting still. Like one of the meditations we have in our app is a walking meditation. Um, uh, body tapping, body movement, those are uh, great ways to get very grounded. And, um, and it's not like your thoughts. Well, I think that's, I, I'm going to lead right into the second thing that I think might be one of the misconceptions we're human beings. We have thoughts. We have a mind that, you know, generates a lot of thoughts about 70,000 a day. I I'd like to meet the person who counted all those thoughts per day, but <laughs> 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 what a boring day that was. Okay. So, um, we're going to have thoughts, but it's the, it's kind of watching those thoughts and going, oh, I just had a thought and just sort of let it drift off. So it's okay to have thoughts while you're having, while you're in meditation. It really is. But just kind of refocus on your breath or the guided meditation or your walk, you know, that sort of thing. So I would say that's another misconception that people have that you have to have a, a a really, really empty mind, and you don't always to get into a very deep state. And just to to jump on that thought about thoughts, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> they've done more research where they've noticed that people, while they're thinking these thoughts, are very often thinking worrisome thoughts or thinking about some other time rather than the present moment. So I think to boil it down to one simple way of looking at it is if we can be in the present moment, whatever that takes, that's all we have anyway. Like, you know, be here now because, you know, you can be somewhere else later. So um, a lot of times we are thinking about what's going to happen next, what's going to happen two weeks, what happened last week. In fact, we can't really do much about it. We're, we're here now. This is really the only time that we have to experience. So, um, so really what we're all trying to do is capitalize on that and have, you know, have the most, most uh, full and positive experience in this present moment. And sometimes it takes some breathing. Sometimes it takes closing your eyes and visualizing something. Sometimes it's a walk. So there's a lot of different paths to that, but that's to me, what's really the simplest um, goal for all this. For you specifically, David, how did meditation impact your experience, your own cancer experience? Yeah, good question. Um, well, I went through a treatment process that was pretty arduous in that it was uh, chemo and radiation in the head and neck area, which impacts quite a few very sensitive areas like the tongue, the, the saliva glands, um, the throat. And so I was looking for something that was going to help me get through this with greater ease. Um, people typically lose huge amounts of weight or can't even eat because their whole uh, oral system is being uh, really just destroyed. So um, I started to listen to audio programs. Uh, I started to listen. I'd be in the infusion center and I would bring stuff with me on my tablet that was meditative in nature. Some of them are um, just guided meditations. Sometimes it was music and meditation. So I was just looking for, honestly, sometimes just a, an escape, right, from that you know, uncomfortable feeling that we get sometimes when we're getting the treatment. Um, and I do similar stuff when I wasn't in the infusion center. I, you know, fill up the bathtub, throw some Epsom salts in and get in and listen to something 
again, something that was positive and kind of a healing in, in nature. I uh, figured, I got this downtime, let me make it as positive a downtime as I can. I see. What recommendations would you have for someone that's interested in getting started in meditation but doesn't know what to do, what, how, to, how to get started? That's actually a really good question. Um, for the beginners, uh, typically guided meditations tends to be the best. Uh, we actually had that experience yesterday when we were teaching one of our uh, courses um, in front of probably the average age there was somewhere around 70 or 75. And being able to follow someone's voice and instruction tends to be the best thing to do when you're just starting off with meditation. And uh, so, you know, there's plenty of apps out there, but of course, like we said before, ours is very specific, meditation app that is, very specific for those going through the cancer experience or surviving the cancer experience. Um, so, so going through, you know, a, a meditation that will just, you, you really, there's nothing to do. It's just kind of close your eyes and just follow the instructions. If I'm saying breathe in, there, it's a no brainer. You just go ahead and breathe in and it kind of takes you in. Um, one of the things that we offer too in that app, it's a free app, it's a free download. And this is one of the free things is that I actually give uh, quite a number of tips on how to get started and how to have a successful practice. Um, so one of the things I'll just put it out there, one of the tips is have your meditation practice be at the same time every day. So if it's in the morning when you wake up, have it be every morning when you wake up or when it's at the infusion center or, you know, when you're, um, you know, just going to bed, just have it be the same time every day. And that tends to help to um, have more success with it. Having that routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having the routine. Is there a recommended best time to meditate or not meditate? No, it's completely up. You know, it's so individualized. For me, I, I'm a early morning meditator. I always have been. I love early morning. But for some people, you know, that just may not do it for them. For some people, they I, I know plenty of people that like to uh, meditate during their lunch hour. Um, so, and some right before they go to bed. And the, you know, the other thing too, um, is it really is okay to start a, a meditation. Like, let's say you're listening to one of ours. It's okay to actually fall asleep. You're still getting quite a bit of benefit from it, even though you may not be awake and hearing everything. Um, you still get a tremendous amount of benefit out of it. So even that's okay. If you want to do it before you go to bed and then you end up falling asleep, great. That's fine. There's no way to do this wrong, actually, or meditation. Tell us more, tell, tell us more about the, the app itself. We uh, decided to find a way basically to make it easy, as Tamara was saying, to for people to do this kind of guided meditation. So there's two forms. There's an iOS app that works on a iPhone or iPad, and there's a web app that can be 
experienced on like any device, could be a computer, could be any platform of uh, tablet or phone. It's got a library of meditations, which are grouped by different topics like sleep or anxiety or recharge, kind of vitalized recharge. And we recently started a new series called Mindful Minutes, where we do very quick tips for caregivers and patients. So uh, as an app user, you can use it as a caregiver or as a patient, and some of your choices are directed to those groups. And uh, we've got some other features. Every day you get an inspiring quote or interesting fact delivered to your desktop or your app. Um, it's got a reminder so that you can set it to remind you every day to watch the next meditation. So that's helpful if people need a little a little structure to uh, be consistent in their schedule. And uh, we have the thing called the advisor where if you don't know what you want to watch, uh, it basically asks you a series of questions. And based on your answers, it'll direct you to the best meditation for you in this, you know, in that particular moment. So it has a visual component as well? Correct. Um, all of our meditations have music. They have Tamara's amazing voice guiding you through. And we have visuals uh, which range from very beautiful nature scenes to some just kind of very abstract uh, graphic um, designs, shapes, kaleidoscopic type stuff that's, you know, part. it's all part of the package to take people on a journey. And it's not necessary to watch the video. You can close your eyes and just listen. Um, so there's a lot of different options there. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Sapienza, CEO of Colon Cancer Alliance, wishing you and your families the happiest of holidays, a happy new year, safe and healthy. Thank you so much. My name is Nancy Butterfield, and I'm the Associate Director at the Colon Cancer Alliance for the Patient and Family Support. And I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, and Feliz Navidad. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Valerie Slosher, and I'm from Tampa, Florida. And I would like to wish all of my CCA friends and everybody all over a very, very happy, merry Christmas and a beautiful, bright new year. And be strong. This falls under the, the topic that's growing in popularity and significance, uh, integrative medicine. Things like yoga, meditation, acupuncture. And I was just curious, I went on the uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering website, I'm a former patient, and I did a search on their website to see if they had any resources or information about meditation. And I was shocked to see that when I typed in the word meditation on their website, one of the world-renowned cancer centers, that there were 277 articles, videos, and resources on their website about meditation. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, it's integrative medicine and all these uh, modalities are being embraced uh, in a huge way now because there's been research that validates that this actually works. It helps improve patient outcomes. It helps improve patient um, moods. Uh, it's got a lot of documentable benefits. 
And so it's now unusual for a hospital that does cancer treatment to not be on board with this kind of thing. Um, some of them take it to the level where it's almost like concierge services. You know, you schedule your infusion and you have a menu and you schedule your person to come and do the healing touch at this hour and you get a massage like an hour later we have we have friends that like it's like going to a, you know, to the spa for a day because there uh, there's so many of these services available let me go through a list of common uh, cancer side effects and treatment side effects and and with the uh, with the cautionary clause that we know this is not medical advice and you're not a doctor but uh, I want to give you a list of side effects and you tell me yes or no is it possible that meditation can have a positive impact on these nausea um, I'm going to speak from personal experience and not uh, anybody else's but um, absolutely fatigue yes Pain? Yes. Anxiety? Yes. I think I covered the, the, the major ones. So, so in other words, uh, this is certainly something that, uh, that patients should, should explore and look into to see if they can get some benefit from it. Yeah, I would say that there's a ton of information out there on the Internet, um, which, you know, has got its uh, dubious uh, distinction for being the the place to go for, you know, reliable information. But um, there are some very well-documented studies that are with prestigious organizations, Harvard being one of them, uh, that basically will list out all the uh, studies that were done and all the benefits that were noticed or, or documented. Um, from personal experience, it had a beneficial effect, and we have people that we've worked it with who are cancer patients or now survivors who... Um, have noticed benefits in things like nausea, uh, improving the quality of sleep, less anxiety, and more calm. So that's that's our mission, uh, to bring calm to cancer. One of the things that jumped out at me when I was looking at the app, David and Tamara, and I want to tie it back to one of the first comments you made earlier in our conversation. You talked about having the amazing support of your wonderful wife, and I can echo that as well, that I had uh, amazing support from my wonderful wife. But she also said at times, you know, I wish there was more out there for the caregiver. And it's right there front and center on your app that this is not just about the patient, but also about the caregiver. Absolutely. Yes, uh, we're really going through something too. Um, and interesting for us, our son was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And then four days later, David was diagnosed with stage four cancer. So I was, um, you know, pulling out my hair a little bit there in the beginning. <laughs> Uh, before, wow. you know, before we settled into a whole treatment plan and the whole thing for, for both of them. But yes, I, I agree. And, you know, there's, um, more and more studies that it, probably at this point, over 163 studies that show the benefits of, um, mindfulness for cancer patients going through treatment. But as far as we know, there's only one for caregivers, uh, and not specifically for cancers, you know, the caregiving of cancer, a person with cancer. So, um, yeah, there needs to be more and more for the caregiver and, 
and um, we really did want to uh, speak to them. Uh, you know, it's an interesting thing, too, that we hear from the staff. There's something, I'm, you probably have heard this, it's called compassion fatigue, where the nurses and the doctors, um, you know, they just are operating at such a level of compassion so much that they actually get pretty burned out. Sure. Yeah, so um, even they have uh, benefited from, you know, some of these mindfulness practices as well. And we always include them in our workshops too. Great. So as we wrap up, uh, I want to give you a chance to give one more uh, pitch to someone that might be listening that has a little bit of hesitation uh, around jumping into the meditation world, if you will. Uh, words of advice or encouragement for those folks? There's a, there's a lot out there. We, uh, we certainly recommend our app because it is uh, specifically created for cancer patients and survivors and caregivers. Uh, we've been through that experience, and so we've created something that really makes it about as easy as it could be um, as long as you have a, a device that will, um, that gets the internet or that gets an iOS app, you can bring that in your earbuds and listen or watch anytime, anyplace. Um, and it's really kind of gentle stuff that, you know, our mission is to just bring people into a state of calm and relaxation and um, just help them go through this journey with a little more ease. And I guess I want to add to that that um, David is a Grammy-nominated composer. He's been writing music for television for many years, and his music is just off the charts gorgeous. So it's it's not just you know my soothing guided voice, but you're also listening to um, amazing uh, music that really takes you deep into uh, a beautiful state, a peaceful state. Um, and then he's a, a master at the video as well. So all those nature images, actually research show, shows that uh, watching nature imagery or certain kind of imagery uh, creates a really calming effect as well. So the combination of all three, it's uh, it's pretty hard. We've never heard a negative comment about any of it. <laughs> Pretty hard I'm not sold. To like it. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm, as soon as we're done with this call, I'm downloading the app and I'm going to try it. Great. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> well, David and Tamara, thank you so much for taking some time to share your story and uh, educate us on the benefits of meditation. I appreciate you doing that for us. David, most importantly, I want to wish you continued good health and uh, thank you again. I'll post the link. Uh, and information where people can find the app on my website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com so people can find that information. And uh, thank you again, both. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Good luck to you, too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. And thanks again to our sponsors, H2ORS and Fresh Assist, for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, helping to provide financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. 
Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at the colon cancer podcast.com. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone.